Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Thanks for joining me for episode number five. We are in a series about forgiveness because there are so many people we need to forgive when our child dies. For some of us, that includes forgiving our child for leaving us, especially if they died by their own actions, whether intentional or unintentional, which we talked about last week. If you missed it, you may want to go back and listen to it because sometimes we don't even realize that is where some of our anger is coming from. But this week, we're going to discuss forgiving the guilty, those who had a hand in our child's death, whether it was directly or indirectly. Was there someone whose actions had an impact on the death of your child, maybe even directly causing it? Or maybe it was indirectly by not being there or not being able to stop something that happened. I would say there is a pretty good chance that you're spending a lot of time thinking about what that person did or didn't do. And that's very understandable. But you won't be able to get through the grief to a place of healing if you don't first back up and allow the bitterness taking root in your heart to be removed. You have one of two choices to make here. You can keep dwelling on it, rehearsing all the reasons why you should remain bitter and why that person does not deserve to be forgiven. Or you can choose to release that person in your thoughts and forgive them. I know these are just words. They're so easy to say, but so very hard to do. Forgiveness is a choice we make. We might say or think, I can't forgive them. The truth is, I will say this as gently as I can, the truth is you won't forgive because we feel justified in blaming and making someone pay for what they did. I believe forgiveness is one of the first steps to getting out of this pit of darkness, and it's not based on our feelings. It is a choice we make. Now, I need to clarify something here. When you make the choice to forgive someone for what their hand was in the death of your child, you are not saying that you're okay with what they did and how they wronged you. Forgiveness does not depend on whether or not a person deserves that forgiveness. It isn't even based on if they're sorry for what they've done. Forgiving that person is not offering them a way out. It's not saying what they did is okay. What you're doing is you're giving yourself a gift. And it's a gift that you deserve to have and to unwrap it. Forgiveness is not for the other person. It is for you. Refusing to forgive them is not hurting them. It's hurting you like a cancer eating you up and killing your soul. Have you heard the saying, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die? It's so true. Choosing to forgive is refusing to no longer be dragged through the emotional mud. 
as long as you hold on to unforgiveness, you are chained to that person and you're being dragged around with your anger and your bitterness. Remember the story of the elephant I shared in episode one? If you missed it, I'm going to tell you here because I feel like it fits so well in this podcast also. When an elephant, when you see them in the circus or even on a movie or wherever, but they're tied to something, this great big elephant, they could just pull up whatever they're tied to and stampede everybody. And we wonder why that elephant stays put. Well, I found out it's because when a baby elephant is first given to the trainer, what they do is they chain that baby elephant up to something that he cannot get away from. And that baby elephant will pull and pull and try and try to get away for weeks and even months. And eventually that baby elephant gives up because he decides, he realizes, I cannot get away. And so he quits trying. And once that baby elephant quits trying to get away, they can put anything around his leg and tie him to anything. And he will not even try to get away because he believes that he is stuck and he can't get free. And that is how we are in our unforgiveness. Quite often, we feel like I can't let go of this. I cannot forgive this person. And the truth is, you can, you can get free of this. And I don't want you to believe the lie that you can't get free of it. After you realize and agree that you're hurting yourself so much more than the other person who caused your child's death, the question then becomes, how? How do I forgive them? It's like love. True love is not given based on an emotion, but it's a choice to remain committed unconditionally. It's a commitment that is based on our deep affection, whether we're feeling that affection at the moment or not. And forgiveness is the same way. It's not based on our emotions. It's a conscious decision we make that goes beyond our feelings. And it won't be a one-time thing, but it's a process. Sometimes it's a very slow and painful process. And you'll find yourself having to choose forgiveness over and over again. I know of one woman who took 10 years of choosing to forgive the person who shot her son before the reality of forgiveness became a part of her life. What I mean by that is, you know, that anger and that bitterness that just kept coming to her, but she kept making the choice to forgive him. And it took 10 years for the feelings and the emotions to catch up with that where the anger and the bitterness was not a constant part of her life. Is it extremely difficult to forgive that person? Yes, for sure it is. Is it impossible? Only if you say so. It truly is your choice to hang on to unforgiveness and be destroyed by bitterness or to start the process of forgiveness and eventually find freedom and a new level of healing. The person that I find myself needing to forgive multiple times in direct relation to Becca's death is a doctor who came to see, well, I guess we went to go see him. She was in the hospital, and one of the reasons she could not be put on the heart transplant list yet was because she had to lose about 40 pounds. And with being immobile, 
it was very difficult for her to lose weight. And so they finally decided that she could see one of those doctors that will like staple your stomach kind of a thing. And so I went with her to that appointment in the hospital. And we went down a couple floors and saw this doctor. And one of the things that he told her is, I could lock you up in a room here in the hospital and give you nothing but bread and water and you would lose the weight. And he was almost like guilting her into not eating in a way that was helping her to lose the weight she needed to lose. And when I looked back on it after she died, I realized that she quit eating at that point. I didn't make the connection, but she just, she would barely eat anything. And I remember one time being in the hospital, she wouldn't even take a protein shake at the hospital. She just, she was pretending like she had no appetite, I'm not hungry, and she wouldn't eat anything. It was after she died that I started connecting the dots that it was when that doctor said that after we left that appointment is when she quit eating. And we all know the heart is a muscle it needs protein, it needs nourishment. And obviously with her heart being in the shape that was in needing a transplant without getting the nourishment and the protein, her heart just gave out. And so I could find myself very angry at that doctor for what he said to her. I mean, I was angry when he said it in the first place. But then when I looked back at it, and I saw that that careless, cruel remark is what caused her to stop eating, which is what caused her heart to stop functioning. I can get very upset about that. And so that is the person that I have to choose to forgive over and over again, because if I want to think about it, I will start spiraling down and I will get angry and depressed and bitter and all kinds of things. I don't have to explain it to you. So that is the person in my life that I have to choose to forgive when it comes to Becca's death. I want to encourage you not to play the blame game. It puts you on the devil's playing field and the person who is guaranteed to lose is you, not that other person, you. What someone did that day to your child that caused his or her death may very well be just plain cruel or heartless, totally uncalled for, and seem unforgivable, meaning it goes beyond what can be forgiven. I want to gently remind you that what was done to Jesus definitely fits what could be considered unforgivable. And yet, what did Jesus say from the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They don't know what they're doing. That leads me to the question that a lot of you are wrestling with right now. How do you forgive the unforgivable? How do you forgive someone who has done something to you so terrible that it defies any attempt at human forgiveness? Well, I would like to suggest that maybe it is possible to forgive the unforgivable by remembering that the person who did this really didn't know what they were doing. Now, I know you may actually be yelling at me right now, saying something like, that's just wrong. They knew exactly what they were doing. I want to think this through just a bit, okay? So stay with me here. When Jesus said this, 
He was referring to the fact that these people didn't really know who he was. Everyone involved, from the Roman soldiers to the high priest and the mobs of people, they knew exactly what they were doing but they didn't really understand what it was they were doing. Even Judas, who betrayed Jesus, he was confused and disillusioned on exactly who Jesus was and why he wasn't overthrowing the government and setting himself up as the king or the main ruler. I'm not saying they were not guilty for their actions, but the key here is that in the guilt of the horrible things they did to Jesus, they didn't know the extreme and full ramifications. They were in desperate need of forgiveness for their actions and didn't even know it. So when that person did whatever it was that resulted in the death of your child, yes, they may have been fully aware of their actions, or they may not have been. It might have been a preventable accident of some kind, but whatever it was they did that caused the death of your child, they didn't know the life that was taken would cause so much deep grief and agonizing pain to you. They were probably thinking only of themselves at that moment. Maybe they feel horrible now and wish they could take it back. Maybe they only appear repentant because they're facing jail time. Maybe they still don't care at all. But the bottom line is they don't understand the amount of pain their action cost you of having your child taken from you. But even more than whether or not they fully understood, once again, you need to forgive them so that you can be free from remaining attached to them in anger and bitterness. Do you really want to stay emotionally attached to that person for another year or a month or a week or even one more day? That is what your unforgiveness is doing. It's keeping you chained to them. And you are the one who is losing because of that, not them. Forgiving them breaks the shackles that keeps you bound to that person. I think it's pretty significant that one of the few words Jesus spoke from the cross were words of forgiveness. He came into this world to establish forgiveness of the most horrible wrongdoings, and he led the way for us to be able to do that as well. It is important to understand, I've already said, but I want to say it again, that forgiveness is not saying what he or she did was okay, and you are letting them off the hook, especially if it was something where the law becomes involved, like negligence or outright murder. There is a penalty for uh, certain things that are done purposefully or where someone died because a person chose negligence. And if you're in the middle of a legal issue, it makes it especially difficult to choose to forgive. I know that. You may find yourself in a place where the law was brought in, but there was no legal justice. Like when my cousin was killed by a drunk hit-and-run driver, she was walking down the street with her boyfriend to see a fire, if I remember the story right, and a drunk driver hit her in the street. She was walking where there aren't any sidewalks. He was so drunk he did not even know he hit her, and he only received six months in jail. 
this was years ago. This was way before Mad Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Talk about injustice. And I know I've heard stories from some of you that have the same type of thing that's happened. But whether or not that person paid society or paid us for their crime, it isn't the basis of whether or not we forgive them. And if we're honest, can they really pay enough of a price? Even if they receive the death penalty or they're locked up for the rest of their lives, it's not going to bring our child back. And there is no such thing as closure when it comes to something like this. Something many bereaved parents find helpful is reminding ourselves that this is not a permanent separation because of what Jesus did for us. When we think about how temporary all of this is, we're here, it's temporary, and I know it's so painful to be here without our child. It wasn't supposed to be like this, but this is temporary. And if we can focus on heaven and we can focus on the fact that this is just a small sliver of eternity, and when this is over, we're going to be reunited with our child forever, that can be very helpful to us as well. Quite often, we need to do something tangible, though, or take an action to put us on the needed path to forgive the person who caused our child's departure from this earth. So here's something that you can try. Take two chairs and arrange them facing each other. Seat yourself in one of the chairs and imagine that person who is guilty who you're having a hard time forgiving is sitting in the other chair and tell that person everything you need them to know. Don't hold back. Don't hold back the tears, the emotions. Let them have it. Then when you are all spent, like a child who's exhausted after a temper tantrum, choose by an act of your will to forgive that person. You'll probably still not feel like forgiving him or her. You're not going to feel like it. That's okay, but do it as an act of your will and allow God to be at work in a way that you cannot see or feel because it is so very deep. Making that choice to forgive when you still don't want to will open the door for God to begin to wipe away that anger and hate and bitterness. And I've said it already, but this is not a one-time thing. It's a process. But if you keep making the choice several times a day if needed, eventually the anger will begin to subside and you will discover that you are not needing to make that choice as often as you do right now. Another thing you can do is write down what that person did on a piece of paper or an index card and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to forgive them because this is something we cannot do in our own strength, right? Then make that choice to forgive. Once again, not based on how you feel, but on knowing that you need to do this for yourself. And when you're finished, write the word forgiven across it, great big, and then completely destroy it. And as you watch it being destroyed, if you flush it down the toilet or you burn it, however you destroy it, rip it up in a thousand pieces, you might want to say something like, I am free because I choose to forgive you and let that freedom work its way into you. Each week we have been speaking out of prayer based on who we need to forgive. 
Words are so much more powerful than our thoughts. And God made it that way. We are now at the place in the podcast where it is time to speak forgiveness out loud over that person who is responsible for the death of your child, causing such intense pain and grief. It may be someone who did it on purpose, or it could be the result of negligence. It could even be someone who is just a scapegoat, a person you can blame and direct your anger at when it wasn't really their fault, including yourself. So we're going to put their name in here, or in my case, the description, since I don't remember the doctor's name, in the blank at the beginning here. And we're going to say this out loud, whether you mean it in your heart or not, because remember, it is not about our feelings. It's about setting yourself free from the chains that keep you attached to this person, which is keeping you from moving forward to a place of being able to live with light and purpose in a way that honors your child. So here's the prayer. You're going to say their name or whoever it is. I forgive you for the part you played in the death of my precious child. I don't forgive you because what you did or didn't do was okay, but I choose to forgive you for my own sake, my own freedom and healing. I refuse to remain connected to you, allowing you to drag me around in this darkness and pain. I release your hold on me as I choose forgiveness. Now, these other prayers we have said, and I've, I've repeated it and had you repeat the sentence after me, I'm not going to do that this time. You can get these prayers written out. We'll send them to you. You can read this and put their name in it, put your child's name in it, and read this and say this over and over and over again if you need to. Uh, you can get this prayer by going to the podcast show notes. I'll share that with you at the at the end of the podcast. But I want to say, saying this prayer once is probably not going to be the end of it. You're probably going to need to come back to this statement of forgiveness multiple times a day at first. You can use this prayer with those two chairs or just say it whenever you need to. I have heard some parents say they have actually printed these prayers out and they keep the sheet next to their bed so that they have it handy to say these prayers, whoever it is they need to forgive, whether it's themselves or their child or the, the person that caused the death, whoever it is, uh, that they have these prayers next to their bed when they get up in the morning, when they go to bed at night, and they will say these, these prayers to help them work through that forgiveness. I just want to do a real quick review of this podcast, of what we have been discussing First of all, forgiveness is not for the other person. It is for you. As long as you hold on to unforgiveness, you are chained to that person through your anger and bitterness. And I don't think you want to stay connected to them, do you? At least not like this. When you make the choice to forgive someone, you're not saying that you're okay with what they did and how they wronged you. Forgiveness does not depend on whether or not a person deserves that forgiveness. It isn't even based on if they are sorry for what they have done. It is a gift you are giving to yourself, and it is a gift you deserve to have. As you determine in your heart to take these steps, 
God will be faithful to meet you, and you will find yourself having to forgive this person less often until one day you suddenly realize you truly have forgiven them and are free of the painful grip they once had on you. You may have to revisit it once in a while, but as a whole, you will be free, and what a wonderful day that will be. Let's pray together. Father, all of us know that it's easier to talk about forgiveness than it is to do it. Give us the courage to take the step, the giant leap of forgiveness. Teach us that however painful forgiveness may be, it's so much better than refusing to forgive because we're not hurting the other person one bit, but we're destroying ourselves. And we know that is not what you want for us, Lord. Jesus, by faith, we receive your unconditional love and acceptance in the place of this wound and our need for revenge. Help us to trust you to meet all of our needs. In the name of Jesus, we take back the ground we have allowed Satan to gain in our lives because of allowing ourselves to be a pawn in his game. We give you all the shattered pieces of our hearts and we ask you God to somehow put them back together in a way that allows each one of us to live with hope and purpose in a way that honors the life of our child in the name of Jesus I pray this amen and now this is our birthday segment it's time to recognize any birthdays in this coming week so this week there is just one that I have and this is Kyle Terry. He was born on May 24th, 1990 and he is forever 28. And so Kyle, celebrate it up in heaven. Have a wonderful time. We miss you. Your family misses you. And they're so glad they're going to be with you again to celebrate birthdays again at some point. I would be honored to share your son or daughter with our listeners the week of his or her birthday. All you have to do is get me the information to do that. Go to www.gpshope.org birthdays. The link will also be in the show notes. Next week... My husband Dave will be joining me to talk about forgiving those who are not grieving the same way we are. Obviously, we'll be touching on how couples grieve and how it affects the marriage relationship, but even if you aren't married, there's going to be a lot you can take away from it that will help you with people who are close to you that don't understand the depth of your loss. As a matter of fact, I got an email from someone today saying, my friend's don't spend time with me anymore. They still go out. They they spend time with each other, but they don't invite me anymore. And it's been years. And I'm really hurt by this. So we're going to be talking about how do we deal with other people when they're not grieving the same way we are or it affects relationships around us. If you know someone who might be interested in this topic, give them a heads up and let them know about it. As Dave and I have been living in our motorhome, we've been blessed and refreshed by the beauty and the tranquility of many of the campgrounds we've stayed at. Some of them have cabins on beautiful lakes, and it made us realize we want to offer 
other bereaved parents an opportunity to get away to a place like this, like a campground with all this beauty and tranquility for a weekend retreat. Doesn't that sound wonderful? So we are excited to let you know that the first GPS Hope and Healing Retreat is set for October in a beautiful log cabin setting in Iowa, of all places. To find out more about it, go to gpshope.org slash retreat. This is another link that will be in the show notes. If you are someone who has been helped by the ministry of GPS Hope, it has been encouraging to you. It has brought hope to you. I just want to remind you that the reason we can do this podcast and we can have the resources and Dave and I can do what we do is because there are people who financially support GPS Hope. And so I would like you to consider giving a gift to GPS Hope or offering monthly support to this ministry so that we can increase the resources and the things that we can offer to grieving parents. Go to gpshope.org and there will be a donate tab there. We would really appreciate it. It's kind of one of those pay it forward things, right? If you have been helped, then you can be a part of helping someone else who's coming along behind you. Maybe someone who hasn't even lost their child yet, right? So we just ask you to consider that, please. I just remind you at the show notes, you're going to find the forgiveness prayers. You'll find a link for the retreats. The show notes are at www.gpshope.org slash podcast slash five. You'll also find a place there for you to be able to give me the information for your child's birthday so I can announce it once again. It's gpshope.org slash podcast slash five. Thank you so much for joining me today. I do not take it lightly that you would take time out of your schedule to listen to this. I hope and pray that you are encouraged and that this helps you take another step towards your healing. This is Laura Deal closing out another week, reminding you to hold on pain eases. There is hope.